Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, for I am gracious and merciful. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had him put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers, until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. I studied philosophy at the University of Dallas, and I must confess, I loved every minute of it. Most students, however, especially seminarians studying to become priests, hated philosophy. (laughs) One of the hardest courses I took in philosophy was called logic, and its difficulty may say more about me than it does the course. It uncovered my own lack of logic. One logical fallacy we learned, and I think I'm still trying to learn it, was called the fallacy of self-exception. The fallacy of self-exception. Have you ever heard of that? It basically means that whenever we're arguing some point, we leave ourselves out of consideration. We make an exception for ourselves. Self-exception is a failure in logic. Let me give you some examples. 
C.S. Lewis once talked about halitosis or bad breath. He said that everyone instantly notices when someone else has bad breath, but no one notices when they have halitosis themselves. Everyone believes their breath smells like spring roses. That is the fallacy of self-exception. We sometimes have crying babies in church, and that really annoys some people at Mass, but not the priest, of course. We love crying babies, especially when they start howling in the middle of the homily. Now, the interesting thing is when we bring our own baby or grandbaby to Mass and it begins to cry, we think it sounds cute, and we think everyone else sounds, thinks that way too. That is the fallacy of self-exception. The rule applies to everyone else, but not to me. Jesus tells a parable today that is essentially another example of the fallacy of self-exception. One servant is indebted to another, and he is forgiven a large loan. But he himself has a fellow servant indebted to him, to whom he refuses to forgive a much smaller loan. Notice how the unforgiving servant believes very strongly that the rule that debts should be paid should be enforced. However, he happily accepts it when an exception is made for him, when he refuses which he refuses to accord to another. Perhaps that ruthless servant should have studied philosophy at the University of Dallas and might have seen how he was guilty of the fallacy of self-exception. In other words, the grace of mercy that was given to him, he should have eagerly shared with everyone else. The logical fallacy of self-exception is that stinking thinking that we should be easily and quickly forgiven, but not others. My breath smells like spring flowers, and my baby's crying sounds like Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. My friends, I am convinced that this logical fallacy lies hidden behind every time we complain about others. We see this, for example, perennially in politics. When one party nominates a Supreme Court justice, the other party uses every trick in the book to stop them. The party in power complains, that's not fair. But when the shoe is on the other foot and the other party holds the reins of power, they turn around and use every trick in the book to torpedo the other party's nominee. That is the fallacy of self-exception. When we are young, we complain about the mistakes and mannerisms of the elderly, but we commit the same errors when we become old ourselves. The old complain about the young because they have forgotten how they made the same or worse mistakes in their youth. That is the fallacy of self-exception. You know, it took me many years to realize how we priests are every bit as guilty of self-exception as everyone else. 
It never fails, but when a priest is assigned to a new parish, do you know what he thinks? He arrives his first day on the job, like the knight in shining armor, on his white stallion, and he says, Thank goodness I am here to clean up the mess that the former pastor left behind. (laughs) But then it slowly hit me. There's another priest who is riding into the parish I just left and thinking the same thing. Good thing I'm here to clean up the mess that Father John Antony left behind. That is the fallacy of self-exception. The next time you open your mouth to complain about others or point fingers at another's mistakes or misdemeanors, remember this fallacy of self-exception and maybe use a little more mouthwash. Praised be Jesus Christ.